Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C, where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Hey, welcome back. Yep, it's me, it's your friend Toby C. Got a show called The Fourth Dimension, yeah, so we don't uh, beat around the bush. We, uh, we on this show, when I say we, I'm going to be talking about me and my friend Bradford A. We're going to call him Brad. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Just fine, Mr. Toby. Great to see you. Great to see you, as usual, and to hear from you. And uh, if this is your first time to the show, or if you're a repeat offender, just a reminder, this show, we talk about evil. We talk about the devil. We talk about Satan. But we're not here to... Uh, uh, talk about the devil or Satan or evil as being uh, the center of faith and the center of all this activity, but um, we're going to be aware of evil and the existence of real paranormal uh, experiences that happen specifically when a person tries to get better. We're not here to talk about our evil experiences or the evil that exists within him or her or it, okay? We're here to talk about a very specific period of time when a suffering soul, man or woman, makes a heartfelt decision to finally get better, to finally climb out of this rut, and something, lo and behold, despite our best efforts, Brad, says, uh, I don't think so. Can mm. you relate to that? Mm-hmm. What do you Absolutely. Think? Yeah. You know, we've known each other for quite a while, and uh, I know you had some uh, struggles, as did I, in early recovery. Um, and I know my experiences could be uh, classified as nothing short of evil, some of them. Uh, some of them, not so much. I don't know. What do you think? I think that if I didn't drive a vehicle, I probably would have had a whole lot of less experiences like that. But in my experience, it was getting a new car every other year or every year because <laughs> I would get a new car and I would drive it off a cliff or whatever, you know. It got to be old, but, you know, you just didn't learn. You just kept doing the same crap. You would drink, then drive, and then wonder what the hell happened, you know. Sure. So the answer, the big answer to why you did that is maybe the devil made me do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or or, uh, or just, you know, the... Um, it's like old Flip Wilson, you know. The devil made me do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and and uh, he made fun of that. But I got to tell you, a lot of people um, really are uncomfortable talking about Satan or the fallen angel or evil or the devil. Mm-hmm. It's a real taboo. And um, just as a warm up, gang, this show uh, rips the covers off of that taboo because we we really feel, and I strongly advocate that only by being aware of of evil um do we make the relevance of god so profound Mm. don't you agree i Uh, agree because yeah if you take the god word and change it to good and the devil word which of course turns into evil from evil you know it was evil that's how they got devil and we have both inside of us 
And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the one sits on one shoulder, the other one sits on the other shoulder, and they're always fighting, you know, it's like, but who's going to win? But we don't want to call it evil or the devil, do we? We want to call it self-sabotage, don't yeah, we? Uh -huh. huh? Of course we, it is. We, we yeah. want to call it poor decisions. Yep. We want to call it bad luck. But we really Self-abuse. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, yeah. so there it is. Yeah. So where are we? Let me just give you the quick uh, highlights of, of, of who we are. This is a, a two-hour show. This is hour one, and we're here in lovely Palm Springs, California, the hotbed of, of recovery. And I'm your host of the Ghost, uh, Toby C. And I'm there's nobody special about me. And again, this show is certainly not about um, putting the spotlight on the host. That's the last thing I want you to do is uh, get to know me or focus your attention on me. The purpose of this show is to bring in testimonies like we're going to hear from Brad today to talk about those moments where we where we tried to get better and we finally realized that there was that there was a power greater than ourselves that was really running the show so long as we were possessed what do you think Brad I think that uh, there has to be a power greater than ourselves you know it, it's an inexplicable thing though it's not a tangible thing you know so you're talking about faith it's mental you're yeah. talking about faith yes so if we have faith in a God of our understanding, why are so many people reluctant to have a faith in, in evil, to understand and, 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 and understand that it's not about having a faith in evil. It's about um, being able to predict the motives and the behavior of, of evil. How about that? All right. Like, say, for a comparison, let's look at... Who do girls like? They like the guy in the leather jacket that's got the motorcycle, you know, the bad guy. Might smoke cigarettes, you know, drink a beer. And George the Geek over there, you know, heck with him. This guy is fun. That ain't no fun over there. That's boring shit, right? Well, that's... that's well, I'm just making an analogy. Sure, sure. That's, you know? e that's envy. And, uh, yeah. and envy is certainly evil. Now, how that relates to early recovery... My experience was, I remember I was not having a good experience in early recovery. Mm. It seemed like everybody was having a good time, except <laughs> me. Do you remember that, Brad? Oh, yeah, because we were down in the hole so far we couldn't you know, lighten up. Did you look at outside of your hole and, and say, man, you know, what's wrong with me? Why is everybody having a good time and mm -hmm. I can't get this? Do you remember that? I still say it sometimes today. How <laughs> come I'm not having any fun? Well, it might be because I'm living alone, you know? Yeah. But this moment again, Brad, this moment, do you remember, share with us some of your memories about some of the, uh, the, the dark experiences that you had when you were trying to get better mm -hmm. and, and something or someone just kept ambushing you. And it wasn't a God shot. It was something that, that wanted to keep you down. Do you remember mm -hmm. that? Yep. Share about that with us was well for me it was about back when i was about in my early 20s and i was married for the first time and something something came over me where i couldn't talk to the person i was living with and getting married to them was probably a really bad decision at that point in time you know it all kind of went south it was great and it was like a summer romance that got carried on too long you know it went too far 
And uh, basically it was like neither one of us got to have a life that we wanted to live because they were already a college graduate, and if I wasn't in college, I would be in Vietnam. So that was my two choices. So, and so, so I'm going to school, and they have to work at something that they don't want to do. You know. So would you say your household in your in your first the first marriage, one was yeah. it, it? It probably started out blissfully and with some happiness, but mm -hmm. uh, but it was probably consumed from from what I'm I'm hearing with a lot of regret. And, and maybe some emptiness and some sadness and people shutting down. Mm. Is that what happened? Well, yeah, I shut down, basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, after a while, we just drifted apart. And then, you know, then we got divorced and et cetera. But, you know, for myself, it was like I was left in a very black place. I was going to college, and every day I would wear black. And every day, you know, and I would come home and I would just lie on my bed and cry. You know, it was really severe. I mean, it's severe withdrawal. And back in the 60s, you know, who went to therapy? You know, those were sick-ass people. Now, oh. by the way, yeah. was this emotional withdrawal emotional. Or, or alcoholic withdrawal? No, there was alcohol was not really. In fact, alcohol lifted me out of it. There you go. That, so, that's, that's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. So this was an emotional. It wasn't on my idea. It was someone else's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someday one girl said, let's go over to the five-cent beer place. You know, you look like you're really depressed. And, you know, like, and we had a few beers, and all of a sudden I was lightening up. Just because somebody friended me and was talking to me, and I was able to talk back to them, you know, it kind of took me out of it. So you were brought to the solution of your desperate depression. Yeah. Beer, by, beer was a factor. By, yeah. uh, by, by someone who you mm. were attracted to physically or their message or whatever. Mm. They were befriending you. They were mm -hmm. extending a, a friendly hand. And they led you to alcohol mm -hmm. as a solution. Yeah. And did it work, Brad? It worked for temporarily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt better about things. I'm going like, I have to get out of this funk and... Then I got a girlfriend, and then I got married again, and then she got pregnant, and then, you know, all that groovy shit. You're only mm -hmm. like 22 years old, you know, you're not mm -hmm. really ready for all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, basically it's male stupidity about not using contraception, you know. So <clears throat> you're not ready to get into another marriage because, you know, you just got out of one, right? All right. Now, let me understand this. Mm -hmm. You're low that you were trying to crawl out of was not a drug and alcohol low initially. It was, it an, was emotional. an emotional low. Right, exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, now here, here comes the sweet spot. I want to know when you were trying to crawl out of this emotional low, um, was there something negative uh, and, and evil that was interfering with you crawling out of this emotional low? Sounds like alcohol, the great illusion of alcohol being the fantastic solution, was certainly an interference, although you probably didn't see it at the time. No, I didn't. Was there, was there any other booby traps or, or real setbacks during this period of you trying to crawl out of this bottom and, and finally get better, Brad? Well, when I got married the second time, yeah, this one day that was really the most bizarre day of my whole life, okay? And I was just walking. I went for a walk by myself. I was living in Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is a small two-street town, and there's a bar on every, you know. And I see a bunch of friends of mine, you know, 
Portuguese fishermen and people like that. They're inside drinking, and it's like 10 in the morning, right? <laughs> They're already drinking boiler makers and getting drunk. And I'm going, and I just went and sat down. You know, I wasn't intending to get drunk, but we all got wasted, got on this ah. truck, went for a ride out through the boondocks, and went back, and I conked out. And I was at this house, and they slipped me acid when I was asleep. And so later that afternoon, I went home. Oh, then they call the taxi, takes me home to my wife and dumps me on the steps, right? That was evil. Yeah. <laughs> and then throws me in the bathtub and throws me in the bed. And about later on, I go, I got to go. I got to get out of here. You know, it's like, because the acid's kicking in. You wow, know? wow, wow, wow. And she didn't know what the hell's going on. She said, you were just dead drunk. Now you're freaking wired. You're ready to go dancing and partying. Okay, hold <laughs> that thought. You're on fire, Brad. We're... We're, we're winding, yeah, we're winding mm. down this segment, but uh, I want you to continue here. And, and the most fascinating part of this entire trip was why did you decide to go in there and saddle on down with this group of people that was, uh, that was getting ready to take you on ma the magical mystery tour? Yeah. There it is. That was the moment. We're going to be back with our friend Brad A. I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension, and we talk about evil resistance to many of our early attempts at recovery and getting better. So stand by when we talk about getting over the emotional low with Brad A. enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. All right. Brad A is going to go ahead and give us a little bit more detail on this uh, interesting experience he had with these acquaintances at this bar. We don't have a lot of time before the bottom of the hour. But uh, Brad, I want you to kind of hit the, the highlights of, of really what happened when you went in there and you saddled down at the bar. And I know you're gonna have to repeat yourself a little bit, but uh, give us, the, give us the, the real juicy parts of this magical mystery tour <laughs> from hell. Well, let's see, juicy. We'll call it Old Thompson and, and with a shot and a beer. Yeah. Boiler makers, to those that know what that is. And, uh, and they slipped you acid around lunchtime. Yeah, uh, I just we took a truck ride, and I ended up at a house at the other end of town. They laid me down because I was passed out, and then some girls slipped me acid when I was like semi awake, and uh, they kicked in later on. So keeping it shorter is more like you know later that day after being dumped off. And the taxi driver just, I used to call him the bulldog because he looked like a bulldog. The driver dumped me on the steps, and my wife dragged me in and threw me in a bathtub and threw me in the bed. And hours later, the asses started kicking in, and I decided it was time to go out and party. So I went to the bar, 
I was dancing like a fool, and everyone could tell you were probably higher than a kite, right? <laughs> and your wife was not there. She was not there. She, I just left. I just you know got up and put clothes on and went there and and uh, and anyway, and I picked up this girl and I went to her house and you know we spent the night together, and the next day. You know, I kind of was going home, going, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, it was like just a real guilt trip that I gave myself. And I don't, how it all started? Going into that bar. It started right there. So, again, really. I the, had no destination. The, it just so what happened was the bottom of your malady was at home. And you were just desperate to get away from whatever what was going on at home mm. and I believe you said it was boredom more than anything you just weren't really getting uh, anything out of home life and you decided just for to some random reason just to go ahead and uh, uh, take a walk and clear your mind and uh, uh, I can tell you no that's not really it exactly what it was is when it came time and she was pregnant and all that and we weren't married yet, she said, my father said to tell you that he has a shotgun. Okay. Now, now catch that. Yeah. You know, that goes like, what do you think I was going to do, the wrong thing? Yeah. You know? So under And threat. walk away from you? All right. So the bottom line is That's a resentment that I carried for, that's how it all started like that. You're low was not drugs and alcohol initially. Your low was emotional. Your yeah. low was a was a desperately, hopelessly failed marriage that was making you miserable yeah. and resentful and angry. That was your low, okay? Yeah. Now, you tried to emerge from this low. You weren't in a 12-step program. You weren't in any recovery. No. Uh -uh. You decided, okay, I need to get out of this low, and I need to, uh, I need to, something happened during this moment where you were trying to emerge from this low where evil uh, interceded and interfered with your determined effort to feel better and to get better. Yeah. What exactly happened? Where did the evil it, it moment happen? It all starts in the mind, you know. You're walking by, you see them in there, and you go like, who the hell drinks at this hour? And, and you know, because I only drank at night. And I never had booze in the house. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, it was like, you know, early. Yeah. And it's like, well, let's go see what the heck's on their minds. And I should have known better already, you know. And, I had uh, nothing better to do. So nothing just, better to do. Just kind of stick your nose in there and see what the action is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. do, you, do, you think, do you think that was good or evil? I could have made it okay by maybe having a drink and then walking out again. Not a chance. No way in hell. Not a chance. Once you have that first one in you, you ain't leaving until yeah. they do. But, <laughs> but you you could have done something good, mm -hmm. and you could have done something self-destructive. Mm -hmm. And you made a decision at that moment to do something self-destructive. Where did this will and this decision come from, Brad? I don't know. I guess it was... Because alcohol had made me feel liberated before, and maybe I, was, I thought that would be a part of feeling better, you know. So. Yeah, and in your head, it's like, this is what I need to do if I want to feel good, you know. Looking back, though, uh -huh. this was about self-service, wasn't it? Yeah, it was nothing to do with the people. You weren't serving anybody. I was serving me. There you go. And the devil and, inside uh, me. Thank you. And the moment we really kick it up a few notches and start to serve ourselves... Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
we'll get more than expected, don't we? Sometimes, yeah, like Bob Dylan says, you got to serve somebody. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, a- amen on that. When we come back, um, I'd like you to continue telling us about you emerging or trying and attempting to get better from your emotional lows, emotional sobriety. Isn't that what it's all about, Brad? Mm-hmm. Better believe it. So, stand by. We're going to be back with my friend and, and recovery. Uh, partner Brad A, only here on The Fourth Dimension, and I'm your host, Toby C. Be right back. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Uh, yes, you have landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. You know, Clark and I are both uh, members of a recovery movement. And um, one of their slogans is that we've been rocketed into the fourth dimension. Yes. And um, if you're not careful, you know, there's something else waiting up there in the fourth dimension. And it's not good. No, the pink cloud. Yeah. You know when people drop acid. You know you were talking about your experience uh, dropping acid, uh, unbeknownst to you. Mm. Um, but a lot of people do that to open their minds, mm-hmm. and for mind expansion, so that they can glimpse at what's going on in the fourth dimension. And quite often, people have been known to have bad trips mm-hmm. in the fourth dimension. What do you think, Clark? I don't know. I know that at the top of a building, I can't fly. (laughs) But I might forget that. (laughs) Some people do. But uh, we're not talking about flying. We're talking about about crawling out of a rut. We're talking Mm -hmm. about crawling out of a defective relationship with another human being. Uh. We're talking about overcoming an an overwhelming and compelling reason to get loaded. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And and it had so much to do with... um, bad relationships Mm -hmm. and I don't know about you but uh, I didn't have the best picker Um, I uh, I constantly sought lower forms of companionship Mm -hmm. which was a reflection of my own low uh, self-image but uh, how about you Brad why don't you give us a little bit of your journey trying to crawl out of that emotional rut and some of the obstacles that lay in wait for you all right but I have a long history going way back to childhood of having bad friends. I didn't pick them. They usually picked me because they knew I was a weak person and, and that I needed, you know, I was easily duped into doing whatever bull crap they wanted to do, sneak into the movie theaters and this and that, you know, crazy stuff that I was always getting in trouble that for someone else's ideas. Why don't you go steal this? Why don't you, the last thing I remember is 
stealing this part for a car, and I'm walking out in a winter coat from this auto place with a stomach out to here, you know, and I'm getting a little off topic, but I just doing the work of a friend, what, to try to be accepted? Yeah. Yeah. You know what you're talking about, Brad? Yeah. You're talking about from a very early age. I was age, being used. You, you, were, you did not have a balanced relationship no. with your friends. It no. was an unbalanced relationship. Yeah, right. How about that? I can relate to that. I'll yeah. bet our listeners can relate to that. It's about having an unhealthy, unbalanced, defective relationship with uh-huh. another person. And a lot of those experiences start at a very young age. Yeah. But if you're the new kid in town, you know, just starting high school, that's hard to fit in somewhere. You know? That's how we, we're always trying to find our way. Yeah. It's part of our identity. I always had good grades. I said I should be in the A class. You know, they did the A, Bs, and Cs. Right. right. They don't know what to do with you, so they stick you in the B group, you know. And it's not like you're a genius or anything, but you always felt like you were sabotaged, you know, by that. You're getting to less of an education than other people. You know, it's mm-hmm. not really, you know. It's all clicky, you know. Even life is like that, too. We hang out with the people we want to hang out with, you know, when we don't get out and meet new people. And being in the program that we're in has been a great boon for me. And it started out because I didn't want to like anybody in that group. I said, I don't want to be like you guys. I didn't realize I was probably worse than you guys even, you know. But it wasn't a competition to see who had the worst career. It was more we're there to get better, not to get worser. But what you're talking about is unity. Yeah. And unity is what we seek in in uh, in the kinship of common suffering. And there's something out there, there's Brad, unity, yeah. that doesn't want us to feel the love. There's some energy out there that doesn't want us to feel unity. There's some evil spirit out there that wants us to feel terminally unique right. and and to give us a damn good excuse to retreat into isolation, isolation and loneliness. And Can you dig that, Brad? Yes, I do. I'm the happiest when I'm isolated, you know have been let me put it that way in the that's past that's because other people hurt us yeah and if you want to stop being hurt you isolate and you avoid other people that's the solution although it's the great illusion because people who need people are the luckiest people in the world mm-hmm. and people who don't need people are cursed what do you think i think that's ego <laughs> did you did you experience any evil in your your uh, utter moments of loneliness and isolation sure or did you experience God? Well, maybe if you're, you know, in that meditated. depends. It your, really depends. Your God is the bottle. <laughs> ah, yes. You know, that's the owner. If, if there may... wasn't available booze, you had to go get more. It's, yeah. it's the disease of more, you know. Yeah. It, it applies to a lot of things. It could be money. It could be cars. It could be women. It could be a lot of things. But alcohol is a very bad person to be owning your life. And cigarettes, same thing. Yeah. I smoked for 55. I don't know why I'm still alive. I should be dead. It's because you know? God wants you to carry a good message. Yeah. But here's the deal. Didn't give me the lungs to do it. <laughs> God wants us to be healthy, mm-hmm. happy, joyous, and free. True. Do you believe that? Absolutely. And um, something, the antithesis of God, mm-hmm. wants us not to be healthy, happy, joyous, and free. Mm-hmm. Something wants us to be unhealthy, unhappy, joyless, and in bondage. Mm-hmm. And um, Lots of times we create that. There's no question about it. But it's why, called the, why? It's, well, the answer to why, I believe, they call it the bondage of self. Again, it's envy, too, and jealousy. Well, it's the bondage of self. Yeah, the bondage of self. Yeah. The bondage of self says, why don't I have that? 
and this person has that. That's called envy. Mm -hmm. The bondage of self says, I'm working too hard. I need to sit on my butt and practice a little sloth. The bondage of self is, <laughs> is, is full of fear that says, I need to hoard as much as I can, mm -hmm. you know, save up for a rainy day. Mm -hmm. All right, so, so there it is. Do you remember in your, in your earliest attempts to emerge from your loneliness and your isolation, where something kept setting you back and giving you a good excuse to retreat back into loneliness, Brad? Let me think about that for a minute. All I know is I was always trying to go on a geographic, so, and every time I got to wherever I was going to, I hated it and I wanted to turn around and come home. And I always made it there, but lots of times I did not make it back, you know? Was this before you got into recovery? This is when I first started. When I was trying to get, up, you know, mm -hmm. back in the early '90s, say, you know, it was a very confusing period. I, I, I didn't I fit relate. in. I, it took me a long time to fit in, and when I finally got a year of sobriety in my belt, I was going to that 6 a.m. meeting, and uh, I said, you know, I had to give myself permission to do this. I, I, I didn't give God any credit, like there Rusty always said. Yeah. I can't even take credit for this. It's the only thing I could do well, you know. You had yeah. to give yourself, you had to allow yourself. Yeah. In other words, something was stopping me. I got it. No, no, you, you nailed it, Brad. You had to allow yourself to fit in. I give myself permission. You had to give yourself permission to accept to the program. Fit in. Yeah. And something, there it is. And I swear that that was your moment mm -hmm. that you decided, I want to really get better. I want to start loving myself because mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and give myself permission to, to really feel part of this group and to fit in. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, Brad, again, mm -hmm. was there something or someone during this period of you desperately seeking unity and love and the, and the kinship mm -hmm. that, that, that kept discouraging you and pushing you away from, from those healthy spiritual objectives? Was it Rusty? <laughs> yeah. We had Rusty. Rusty was a real boss. I had a roommate too. named Rusty. Yeah, but uh, do you remember was it do you, do you remember any 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 things that were coincidental but not really coincidental that defied all logic and coincidence? It was just too weird. Mm. Do you remember those moments? Yeah, I called it the NyQuil time. Yeah. You know. And yeah. I said if I'm going to do NyQuil, I might as well drink. You know. One thing just leads to another logically. You know, you, if you're going to get wasted, like, why waste time drinking NyQuil? That just makes you sicker. You know, but either way, you're still a loser. And, um, you know, I had a year and a half of sobriety, and then I went out for a year and a half. And then when I came back finally in 1997, then and I got a bunch of time in, you know, almost, you know, almost double digits. Hey, really. and by the way, let's talk about that year and a half of sobriety real yeah. quick. It was you great. Know, I had and, and again, and again, your slip didn't happen mm. at the at the one year and 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 six month mark. No, your slip happened long before that. Yeah, that was just the act. Yeah. That was the final act. Right. So there it is. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the slip. Do you remember mm. when? Come on, you started to get sober. You stopped drinking and using. You started to get on the beam. You started to follow the program. Something started to work for you. Mm -hmm. Brad, something started to work for you, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it stopped working. Something happened. Do you remember where and what caused the slip 
to just kind of ease? Did it just ease? Maybe it wasn't a sudden uh, upheaval. Maybe, maybe it was just kind of a gradual slide. It was a gradual slide, exactly. So just describe it. It started with the NyQuil, and then there was two bottles of NyQuil. Okay. Now you're, now you're puking already, right? Yeah, yeah, but, but, but before that, But what NyQuil, happened yeah. to cause that? I don't know. I can't, you know, I can't exactly put, you know, the hammer to the nail on that. So if great. I thought about it longer, I probably could. But, Thank you. Yeah. Now, would you mind... Um, Substituting, I don't know, with the devil. <laughs> I could do that. I don't know what it was. I don't believe have, in either one, actually. But but it must have been it must have been evil. It must have been negative. Yeah. Did it have your best interest in mind, <laughs> Clark or, or you know, Brad? Did it have your Did it have your best interest in mind? No, of course not. Okay. Does God? Does a God of your understanding? Have your best interest in mind. I think that I created challenges and then I failed at it. You know, basically, that's what happened. Um, if I have to put a you know a word on it, it would be kind of like, okay, I'm getting it now. I'm feeling great. You know, I didn't really feel that good. You know, the first time that I got sober for the year. Did you feel like a fraud? Oh yeah, it was like kind of phony baloney. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was kind of like faking it till you make it, yeah. and you just feel like you're faking it all along, yeah, right? Yeah, right. I get it. And after the year and a half, when I got back in again, it was like I actually got lifted to that fourth dimension that you're talking about. It was like I loved everybody. I wanted to tell everyone about this program. I wanted them to get in it because they were such assholes. Come on. So, you, you, so, you know? so what you're describing now, Brad, is an open mind yeah. having led to an open heart. Right. You started to... An open mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would and, sit in meetings. I would never say nothing. Right. And now all of a sudden, you, you had a testimony to share. You wanted to, you wanted to transmute love mm -hmm. is what you're describing, okay? Yeah. When, we, when we come back for our fourth and final segment of this hour, I want you to describe during these periods of your open mind and your open heart where you wanted to really transmute love, was there something some negative paranormal energy that 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 wanted to interfere with your transmutation of love you think about that Brad. we're going to be right back i'm toby c and this is our show about evil resistance to early moments in recovery with our friend and guest brad a and we'll be right back toby c the fourth dimension stand by message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the fourth dimension with Toby C. Wow, wow, wow. Who would have thought that we were going to be talking about you know, rising out of the ashes of, of a disastrous relationship. And that's our bottom for many of us, is it not, Brad? You know, and, and it's this bottom 
that gives us a compelling reason to go out and get loaded. Well, we keep thinking that we can't get any lower, it can only go up, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. well, ha! What a delusion! <laughs> I know. But that. it is possible, um, and it can be done. Isn't it ever? You know, we're going to be uh, finishing up this hour. I want Brad to to try to give us a little, to tie it all in mm. when you were trying to get better and and get off of this bottom and you were in recovery. I think you were in the 12-step program and you were just starting to get it, you know, and, and you had a slip after about a year and a half. And we agree that this slip started long before mm -hmm. you actually took the first drink or drug after that year and a half. And describe that, describe it, paint it for us, Brad. Uh, what happened? As to what happened to me was after a year and a half, I was getting too complacent. And that's what they say in the book about resting on your laurels. And I didn't have many laurels to really rest on after a year. You know, what's the big deal, you know? I wasn't throwing away that much. You can justify everything in your head and go, you know, it's not going to be so bad this time. It's not going to, you know... It won't hurt just to do a little bit of this or a little someone hands you a joint or something. It's like, All right, so know, hold that thought. Next thing you know. Yeah, hold that thought. Let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. So you did, you, you, you're in the 12-step program. You found a sponsor. You, you did the steps. You, mm -hmm. you, you, know, you, you, you took you through the steps. You cleaned house to the best of your ability, right? Okay. Right. Let me ask you this, Brad. Mm -hmm. Did you, were you prepared to sponsor other men, and did you make an effort to work with others? No. There it is. Now, let's talk about that. We're in a program, and there's three... I'm talking about back then. Yeah. I, but of course, but, but it's, the, it's the same program. Yeah. The 12-step program is trust God, clean house, and what? Help others. Help others, right. Right, and, and how often we uh, uh, trust God, clean house, and skip to the loo, my darling. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm feeling good, right? Yeah, it's all about me. Yeah. So... Looking back, do you think if you had been prepared to sponsor other men and had you gotten into service work a little bit sooner, mm. that that could have um, that that could have assisted you? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I did once I really got sober for a long time. I started out that way. I had a lot of commitment, secretarying, you know. I was a GSR rep. I was all kinds of stuff. So what kept you from, from taking on these service commitments in early sobriety? Let me ask you this, Brad. I wasn't really sober. Were you distracted? Were you distracted, Brad? Were you distracted with life and job and her and it and, and this and that? Or, or when you no. say you weren't sober, you weren't emotionally sober? I would say... Not until around 2000, 1997 in that area, um, things started happening for me. Before that, I was sick, and I couldn't go to work. I was doing security work, and I would call in. like, a, And I had bad bronchitis. You know, Here I am smoking cigarettes and drinking, and, and no wonder I'm sick, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously that job went by the wayside. But uh, so there I am living on credit cards and just building up debt, you know. It was going down and down and down. But when I find, and I think that's part of the reason that actually helped me to get and stay sober, you know, back in 1997, is because, you know, 
I knew that there was no other place else to go. Like they say, the, the 12-step program is the, it should actually be the first house on the block, but it is the last one, you know? Okay. All right, so let me, let me understand this. Mm-hmm. During your first attempts at sobriety, mm-hmm. um, you trusted God, you trusted another man, you cleaned house, mm-hmm. um, you didn't work with others, all right, and, or you, and you didn't. That's where I stopped. See? Right, and and you didn't get into service work. Mm-hmm. You were a little distracted, or mm-hmm. something was going on that kept you from uh, from stepping up and really becoming part of this movement. Right, there yeah. was you were still separated. Yeah. you were still alienated. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, there was something, Brad, that wanted to keep you from feeling the love and the unity of this group. Right. Exactly. There it is. And describe that. Was it we good? Were, it's called acceptance. You want to be accepted. Yeah. And to do that, you have to accept them. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And know? if you have low self-esteem and low self-image, right. it's very, a, very, very difficult. Yeah. You, you can say practice acceptance all day. Mm-hmm. But if you grow up with uh, uh, with, with, a, uh, with a real beat-down uh, image yep. and, so, and esteem, Easier I'm said than done. Looking back, it was always never the major leagues and little league. It was always the minor leagues. Right. It was pony league. You were got to be like alternate. Right. You so, know? so, so looking back now, my here father it is. was right. Here's the takeaway: <laughs> maybe, maybe, how do you think you could have overcome this reluctance to allow yourself to really feel love and to transmute love and to feel part of this group? Do you think? Do you think courage? Courage right. could have been a component. Courage was missing of for course. some reason. Yes, it was. Exactly. It was easier to go get liquid courage mm-hmm. than to muster up the emotional courage mm-hmm. to put all your ego and your insecurities aside and say, you know something? Fuck it. I'm going for it. I'm I'm all in, yeah. right? Right. You're all in in the wrong direction. Okay. Mm-hmm. So courage was missing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and who has courage, my friends? I'll tell you who has courage. Jack people, Daniels. Yeah. Well, well, and people who hit their bottom. Yeah. People who are floundering around the bottom and who are on the verge of homicide or suicide. It's those people who and somehow muster rope. up. They, 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 you know, they're as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen mm-hmm. as only the dying can be. Those are the people who have that kind of courage. So there's the takeaway. And I want to I end this hour on that note mm-hmm. that... that um, Easier said than done to overcome our identity crisis and to feel unity and to feel part of a kinship of common suffering Mm -hmm. and to be able to contribute love and to transmute love. And one of the missing components is courage. Courage. I always looked at that as falling down the well and you're at the point where you know you're going to hit bottom and you reach out and grab a rope somehow. Yeah. And by the way. You have to make the move. Otherwise, you're just going to die. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Is courage a close cousin to faith? Of course. Is courage a close cousin to open-mindedness? It's the second part of the serenity There you go. The courage to change the things I can do. That doesn't mean the things about you. It's the things about me I got to change. Amen. That was a lot of fun. This is a fun hour. Brad A., thank you so much for for, uh, your banter and your experience. I'm Toby C. This is our show on overcoming evil resistance in early moments of recovery and our show called The Fourth Dimension. God bless. Thanks for checking in. And come back soon. Take care. Take it easy. Toby C., The Fourth Dimension. Cool.
If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C., where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby. Well, welcome back to Hour 2. This is Toby C., are you ready to open up your mind to the fourth dimension? Yeah. We're back with Bradford A. And um, we're going to try to open up our minds as we do every show. We're going to try to open up our minds to something called evil. We're going to try to open up our minds to the presence of, of something negative. We're going to try to open up our minds to a higher level of planular thinking. We're going to try to think outside the box. Welcome back, Bradford, for Hour 2. Great to see you. Thank you for inviting me. So it's been all the 15 minutes since Hour 1, so... <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. You know, uh, you know. in Hour 1, we were talking about... Uh, we took a magical mystery tour back in time to Bradford's earliest memories of uh, recovery. And, um, and like we do every show, we try to put our, our finger on something external that happened in early recovery something external that either we opened ourselves up to or was just present by no fault of our own and uh, this something external was negative it was evil uh, it was demonic and and its mission was to sabotage our efforts to break out of the bondage of self how's that sound Bradford is it that sounds good yeah that sounds about right and I and again don't be alarmed if if you hear us talking about Satan or the devil or evil or demons or or negative paranormal activity. You can call it whatever you want, but uh, this show is not talking about God as much as this is, show is going to talk about the antithesis of God. And the reason why we talk about the antithesis of God and call it the figure of the devil, whatever you want to call it, is because if the figure of the devil is missing, one also loses sight of the figure of God itself, himself. It makes the concept of God very abstract, and that is exactly what evil wants us to do. Evil wants us to deny the existence of evil so the existence and the power of God becomes less relevant and more abstract. Mm -hmm. Right? That makes sense. That's right. So Bradford, go ahead and take us back again. You know, now that we can calmly and objectively look back in time and um, like many of us, um, did you have trouble loving yourself? Um, that's a tough question. Um, as a child, not necessarily so. Um, but um, there was bullying, people that bullied me and things like that. I guess you could call that evil. And um, basically, as I grew older, um, there was always the concept of that you weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. That was one of the concepts because everything that I tried to do, I always came in like second. If I, you know. So there it is. So something at an early age, like many of us, was chipping away at your self-esteem, wasn't it? Yes. And let me ask you this. Calmly and objectively looking back, 
Was that a loving God of your understanding or was that something not loving? What I would think? say things like that, and I'm talking even like sports and stuff like that, that went all the way through high school. And it was, there wasn't, well, the evil part of it was only that um, my father always used to say to me, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I always used to say, being the goody goody, you know, no, it's what you know, not who you know. Mm -hmm. And in, later on in life, I learned that he was right, because that's the way the world seems to work anymore. You know, when you're a child, you don't think about it that much till you have to go out and get a job or do this or that. Mm -hmm. Then you realize that how you are looked at, you know, is from where you're coming from. And if you're coming from a place where you don't have many achievements, then, you know, your odds are not very good about moving forward in your life. And it chips away at a young man or a young person's right. self-esteem. The, the feeling it? of failure, right? Like, and again, the, the end result of low self-esteem is always the question, the nagging question, what's wrong with me, right? Mm -hmm. So if we grow up, I'm going to present my question that I did a few minutes ago. If we grow up with enough signals of what's wrong with me from the external world, bullying, uh, um, um, uh, uh, mixed messages from parents, a distorted set of values, whatever you want to call it, when at the end of the day, when when we start asking ourselves, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Is that not a, indeed a form of not loving ourselves? Um, in a way it is, yes. So... If there's something wrong with me, there's something defective, and everybody can see it, but I can't see it, mm -hmm. right? Right. Then um, maybe I need to start focusing my attention and my love somewhere else, because it certainly isn't worthy focusing it on me. Does that ring a bell? Yes. So, so what or who did you end up focusing all of your love and attention to? I have to go to a different period in my life. I guess I had to look, try to find uh, more positive influences in my life instead of, you know. But I, I was going through personally a period of withdrawal and a great deal of uh, fear, I guess is what you'd call it, pain and pain and internal strife because the relationship didn't work out and there was, it wasn't really due so much to my, it caused my withdrawal, but at the same time, the situation that caused it was one where I was in between a rock and a hard place, and it was very difficult for me to figure out what to do, and it was very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Very confusing. Well, I'm talking um, about the time of the Vietnam War. I, I got it, but again, um, ultimately, you're having difficulty having a healthy relationship with yourself, correct? And with somebody else too. All right. Wait a second. And 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 you and you figured. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this train of thought was, hey, you know, I can relate to this. By the way, if I can't have a healthy relationship with me, with myself, maybe I can have a healthy relationship with you. Okay, the external. And and it didn't work out, did it, Bradford? No. You we you know I can relate to that. So we can't have a healthy relationship with ourselves, and we can't have a healthy relationship with those about us. And um, let me ask you this. Does a loving God of your understanding 
wants you to have an unhealthy relationship with yourself and, and an unhealthy relationship with those about you? I would hope not. <laughs> no. So, so if, if it wasn't a loving God, Bradford, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't an inside job, man. I've know? never looked at God as being evil. <laughs> you know, you know, but uh, we're talking about the antithesis of God, okay? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, the absence of light is darkness. There it is. Mm -hmm. So the so the absence of God was darkness, and um, and so often we blame ourselves. We we look toward you know the ourselves and look inward for this darkness. But actually, this darkness is external, wasn't it? This darkness was an external stimulus. It was visual. It was audio. It made you feel. It was external. Correct? Yes. There it was. And it wasn't God. It wasn't a loving God, was it? No. There you go. Take a deep breath. It was a I'm, voice that went through my head, and I don't know where it came from, but well, it sure wasn't from God. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. By the way, if you're just joining us, I'm Toby C., and we're here with Bradford A., finishing up Hour 2, talking about, like we do every other show in the fourth dimension, the existence and the presence of evil or something negative in early sobriety, in our earliest efforts to get better. Mm. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to put the spotlight... We're trying to give credit where credit is due, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, quite often we blame him or her or it or ourselves or God uh, for, for our shortcomings. But at the end of the day, if we open ourselves up to, to darkness, darkness comes into us and, and it's external. And, um, and there it was. And by the way, I'm going to suggest, Bradford, that, that you and, and I and so many of us we open ourselves up to darkness when we live in fear. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yes. And by the way, if you're just, you know, don't be too hard on yourselves, listener. Um, uh, I've overcome really crumbing on myself because at the end of the day, we're all born that way. Let's not get philosophical, but we all come out of the womb purely driven by fear. We have the instinctive, instinctual need to be loved and the instinctual need to feel secure. And it's a fear. It is not faith. It is fear. Correct? Yes. And you can call it the original sin, whatever you want. So so right from the beginning, like so many of us, we open ourselves up through fear. We expose ourselves to darkness. And darkness is there to continue baiting the trap and to trip us up and to keep us in utter bewilderment and confusion, right? You mentioned, Bradford, you were confused, right? Yes. You didn't know what was going on. I you had no idea. You didn't understand why you couldn't get along with yourself. You didn't understand why you couldn't get along with people about you. So what'd you do ultimately? Right. What'd you do? Describe it. What was your solution? Comfortably numb. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Through drugs and alcohol, right? Yep. There it is, gang. And um, did a loving God want you to be just absolutely bewildered and confused and, and to put out this, this angst with drugs and alcohol? No. So, so there it is. There it is. Let me ask you this before before we break for the next segment, bottom of the hour. Um, you heard a lot about God, God this and God that in early recovery, didn't you, Bradford? In early, yes. But you didn't hear a lot of devil or Satan or demon or something's out to get you, did you? No. I'm going to tell you, gang. The devil wants wants us to put 
the existence of, of Satan or, or demons in the same category as the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus, right? <laughs> in other words, to blame to blame Satan or to blame evil would, would be as ridiculous as blaming the Easter Bunny or, uh, or the Tooth Fairy or Santa Claus. It would be utterly ridiculous. But it's not. It's not. You know? And um, do you think maybe uh, you're you're in denial about the presence of God because you just weren't completely aware of the presence of evil at that point. What do you think? I think that, yeah, you need to have an openness. And if you don't have the openness to do that, then you probably are going to have a hard time finding a God. Precisely what Bradford's saying is openness, open-mindedness. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm telling you, if you get into like the 12-step program, in step two in the 12 and 12 book, it tells you right there the answer to the riddle of life and to recovery is open-mindedness. And that's exactly what we do here in the show in the fourth dimension is we try to open our mind calmly and objectively and go back and open our mind to the possible presence and existence of evil. It's just possible. We don't have to say it was absolutely there. It was definitely there. But hey, you know what? It's possible that something was there sabotaging our earliest efforts. Right, Bradford? That's true. Got it. When we come uh back... We're going to dig into it a little deeper, and we're going to be talking about evil resistance and, and things like disappointment and denial that many of us encounter in early recovery. And it's external. It's not an inside job. I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension, a concept show about a higher level of planular thinking and opening up our minds to evil. We'll be right back with Bradford A. If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby. You better believe there's no such thing as coincidences. And again, we cut to the chase here in the fourth dimension. Um, the devil, Satan, being aware of Satan and evil, the existence of evil, the external existence of evil, is indispensable to understanding the mysteries of faith. We're here with Bradford A, and we're going to be talking about something called the blame game, right? The blame game. Oh, man. You know, uh, who did you blame back then, Bradford? You didn't blame the devil, that's for sure. No, it wasn't the devil. Who'd you blame? Mostly I blame myself for not making right decisions and not being able to function normally as a human being and talk things out with people. I, I was very withdrawn. Mm -hmm. and, and the better way to stay withdrawn is that is what you thought was the, that was the way you were. It was alcohol and, and drugs, whatever is available on the table, as they say, mm -hmm. as so, a way to calm, you know, try to communicate and, and fix everything in your head. And it really doesn't do that. All it does is make it worse, usually. Does a loving God, looking back, or even today, does a loving God want you to blame yourself for everything? 
Come on. No, of course I mean, not. You know, we, we can't take the, 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 the world's responsibilities on our shoulders. We, no. We'd break. Just your own personal yeah. ones. And yeah. when you get tired of blaming yourself, who else did you blame? You could blame ex-wives. There you go. Who would get up and leave you for a, because they wanted to have a second childhood or whatever, or a second adolescence. And so it was a form of rejection. Rejection. You bet. You bet. You got married. False accusation. Yeah. You got married when you were quite young, and um, back then, yes. But, yeah. So what happened on your twenty-first birthday? Well, let's just say I was married and I was going to college because if I didn't go to college, I would be in Vietnam. So that was my two choices, and I was married to someone that was already a college graduate in fine arts. Mm -hmm. And their life, you know, had to be my life, which was being in school, otherwise I'm gone. So, you know, when you stop and think about it, it's like I, I was between the rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. yep. and, they, and I put her in a, between, in a hard place. That's the problem, mm -hmm. you know, because that kept her life from growing. And I was just trying to keep mine from going to a stupid war that I didn't believe in. Mm -hmm. you know? And um, in the midst of all this, uh, you know, like so many of us, it's an identity crisis. We're trying to figure out you know, where we fit in the world and our purpose and what's yeah. going to make us happy, and I get it all. But at the end of the day, um, you made her your higher power, didn't you? No, I think I made myself a higher power. <laughs> well... She disappointed you, though. Remember, we talked about this already, mm. that if we couldn't find happiness with our relationship with ourselves, then we were going to try to find happiness yeah. in a relationship with others. It was the situation. And, uh, yeah. and, and ultimately, uh, she disappointed you, didn't she? No, ultimately, she did what she had to do to save herself mm -hmm. from insanity. So. Right, right. But for you, you know, the, the, the evil was this vicious cycle of, of who to pin the blame on. It was either you or her or maybe it. There was some drug and alcohol abuse going on to yeah. cope with all this insanity. But, but you, never, you never blamed the devil, did you? No. You just, um, you'll talk about God uh, in early recovery and maybe in church, man, but but uh, but the but the the concept of the existence of Satan sitting right next to you uh, mm -hmm. um, just never crossed your mind, did it? No. And 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 get, I'm gonna suggest it's because like so many of us, we do live in a, a fear-driven three-dimensional world. Mm -hmm. And and the nice part about recovery now is we can open up our minds to to the realm of possibility, to a place where miracles and phenomena occur. Okay, the mm -hmm. fourth dimension. There it is. It's all about opening up our minds. But your mind wasn't open then, was it? No. It was closed and it was narrow. For and a long was, time. And it was full of fear. Mm -hmm. And did God want to keep you in fear? Or, or did something else want to keep you in fear? Did God want you to be happy, joyous, and free, Bradford? Or did God want to keep you in the bondage of self? I mean, come on. I can't tell you what God wanted. I only know what I wanted. <laughs> but looking back now, mm -hmm. at the very beginning, yeah. if you had had... A, a more faith-driven, calm mm -hmm. relationship I, I with your Creator, so. you may have had a more faith-driven, calm relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. And you may have been able to have a more faith-driven relationship driven li with others. That's right. There it is. With others, yeah. And what kept you from that, Bradford? It wasn't God, was it? No. You know, and it wasn't you, man. Don't give yourself so much credit, man. <laughs> so what was it? Say it. 
Say it out loud for our viewers, our listeners, man. You know, what was sitting right next to you the whole time you didn't know it was there? Whispering in your ear. Yeah. All I got whispered in my ear was, you're never going to see her again. When I was driving away from, I went down all the way to North Carolina to visit them and stayed there for a week. And when I left, I was driving and I said I wanted to turn around so bad and I couldn't do it. You I was in the control of something. You, you were possessed. I was possessed. Beautiful. We're going to be right back exactly. here with Bradford A. You nailed it. It's we're never be happened talking, again. And, uh, so we're going to be talking about evil. Evil exists for the, sure. The, the presence of evil in our earliest attempts to get better and to, mm -hmm. and to put the cheese back on our crackers. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm Toby C. Concept show called The Fourth Dimension. We're going to be right back with Bradford A. After the stole of the my hour. cheese. Yeah. Stole my cheese. <laughs> If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Making sense out of nonsense. Making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C. We're going to keep chipping away at it because the devil likes to hide out, man. And we just kind of, we just keep yanking the, the, the covers and the tarps off of everything. And, and sooner or later, you know, we expose the devil and the evil for what it is. And um, it's external. You know. Did you ever go to Disneyland? Of course you did. Remember the haunted house ride at Disneyland? And and there was there was uh, a, there was like a, a television that you would look at when you were on the ride, and it would show another figure, a hologram of another figure sitting right next to you. Do you remember that? There it is. Okay, the hologram. Ooh, let's not talk about holograms. That could be a whole other show. Bradford, you're driving down to North Carolina to take care of business, and you couldn't turn back, and you agreed that. You were possessed. Describe that, that, that whole feeling, that whole episode. What was going on, man? To the best of my recollection, um, I just didn't want to leave because I knew if I left, that would probably be the end of our relationship, you know? And we were getting along really good. Everything was going good. Doesn't that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. sure. And what happens then? One night, the last night before I leave, is like, uh, well, let's have some drinks on her suggestion, not mine. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and then we made love that night and all that. And the next day I had to get back to school. And as I'm driving out of the parking lot, this voice went through my head and just said, you're never going to see her again. And, you know, it was the power that's stronger. I knew I was trying to fight it. I didn't even have her phone number. I was stopped at a friend's house to try to call them and everything. It so, just, you know, I was so totally screwed. <laughs> what you're describing is panic. Yeah. You panicked, didn't panic, you? Panic, yes. You were in panic. Panic and... Okay. Uh, now, now hold that thought, Bradford. Not anger or nothing like that. You just... know, does... Looking back now, Bradford, mm -hmm. does the loving God of your understanding as you understand God today... Mm-hmm. 
Does a loving God really want to put you in that kind of fear and hysteria and panic? No. All right. But you, but you didn't know why, did you? You were caught up in the moment, weren't right. you? Right. I couldn't figure it out till later. You couldn't. And, and there it is, gang. Yeah. So there it is. You know, when we're caught up in the moment, in the bondage of self. And then you get the hood of, I could have done this, I should have done that. Oh, sure, and, you know, sure. Hindsight's always 20 That haunts but, you like crazy. But in, but, but in the moment. And that's the beauty about this program and this message is mm. we're gonna keep we're gonna keep driving home the point that that the only way to break out of the chains of the bondage of self is is by really redirecting our attention mm -hmm. and opening up ourselves to a God of our understanding, a loving God. Right. A God who loves us and a God that's all about faith, not fear. And it's not easy, is it? No. Nope. And I and who among us really wants to move away from fear and open ourselves up to a loving God? Only those, most of us, who have hit bottom, really rock bottom, and we've been faced with, with death or insanity or, or prison. Mm -hmm. And there it is. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that moment, that, Bradford? Or the threat of, yes, absolutely. Do you remember? Just, I was a hard case. It took me years to get into this program. You're fighting it, man. Yeah, I was against it all the way. You know, mm -hmm. something inside me was, you know, Look, until I finally had, what I had to do, I said, on the year that I made a year, finally, I said, you know, it took me this long to accept this program. Up until now, I've been like, just going out, get a month, go out, get two months, go out, you know. So let me, let me play, let me do some wordplay here. It took you months or years Maybe not to accept the program, mm -hmm. but Years. maybe, but maybe it wasn't about accepting the program, Bradford. Maybe it was really about accepting God mm -hmm. and God's will and God as you understand Him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, how interesting. We well, nothing good happened when I <laughs> every time I went out. Nothing good happened ever. So there it is, and it's and it's as simple as turning the switch on and off. When you stopped directing your attention mm -hmm. and opening up yourself to God and goodness. Then we, we started to open ourselves up to, to evil, mm -hmm. all right? And when we open ourselves up to evil, and gang, it's very easy to do. Mm -hmm. It's called fear, okay? Fear is the master key that fits all the locks, man, mm -hmm. that'll drive you into misery, right? Driven by a hundred forms of fear, right? Mm -hmm. Selfish self-centeredness. So there it is. If you have to do over again, Bradford, um, do you think it would have been more helpful? Do you think you could have gotten this sooner and gotten out of this rut sooner mm -hmm. if, if, if the program was laid out a little bit more clear to you that it's not the program so much, it's about finding a God of your understanding. And the way to find a God of your understanding is to be aware of the antithesis of God and be aware of Satan or evil, the things that are, are, are hell-bent, hell-bent, on putting you and me back in misery and, and mm -hmm. agony. What do you think? Exactly. Yeah. But we didn't, you know, you and I, I think, had a similar trajectory. Uh, we were in the program years ago mm -hmm. at the same time struggling. And there were some real personalities, some bad personalities in, <laughs> in our home group, you know? Yep. And um, those bad personalities were very discouraging, weren't they? Uh, they were hard. They hard were hard. To take. You know, was that a test from God mm. or was that uh, somebody that uh, evil was using as a channel to to discourage you what do you think depending on how you looked at it you could yeah. look at it as they're right 
And then you could look at them as they're still struggling too. <laughs> and but not that. Well, there it is. What you just described is the is the thought when we were caught up in the moment, mm-hmm. and and the thought was they're right. Shame on me. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. But now that you're better and you're sober, you can look back, and they weren't right. They were what Bradford? Just they trying were, to be instructive. <laughs> but they weren't right. They were they were sick, mm-hmm. and we didn't know it at the time, did we? No. We weren't willing to accept this person as being sick. Yeah, the point is that we are sick people trying to get well, not bad people trying to get good. <laughs> but but our fellowship is full. Life is full of sick people. I mean, come mm-hmm. on, man. Never mind the fellowship of recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, life is, is, in is general, full of sick. You know, everyone yeah, has their own. We talk about practicing these principles in all our affairs. Never mind about being aware of evil and 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 the demon that lies deep down within all of us it's just mm-hmm. raging and just dying to come out in some sinister form but but the evil that exists with within us and in our presence in the world about us right mm-hmm. when we walk out of those doors of, of of recovery we got to deal with life on life's terms and and uh and there it is gang mm-hmm. you know maybe we are denying the existence of evil in the beginning for whatever reason you know, mm-hmm. it was it was like the elusive desert snow leopard. <laughs> You'll never find one, you know, unless you look really hard, mm. right? So, um, what do you think if you had it to do over again? Um, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I mean, when I started out you know, in recovery, what do you think would be a good takeaway from your message to a listener who's really trying to figure out, you know? Why? Mm-hmm. And they're tired of, of, of blame and everything, and they've run out of, of things and people to blame. What would be your suggestion, Bradford? It would be to do the fourth and fifth step. Get that far, and you'll find out a whole lot of things <clears throat> that you've maybe have been hiding before or not thought about. You know? uh-huh. Thank you. And you know what Bradford's talking about? He's talking about a house cleaning, okay? Mm-hmm. And in the 12-step method of recovery, the house cleaning happens in the fourth step. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. And in the house cleaning, uh, I've done a lot of work with with men, uh, and I've witnessed a lot of recovery in the fourth step. And I'm telling you, it is nothing short of an exorcism, Mm -hmm. is it? Right, Bradford? That's exactly right. We open ourselves up to God so God can enter us and expel the deadly obsession, correct? Yes. What are they talking about? Of course, you know, Dr. Bob and Bill W., the, uh, the writers of the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, they wouldn't dare say it was it was evil or the devil. They used a lot of mm-hmm. metaphors for evil and the devil, all right? Just like they used a lot of metaphors for God. And, um, and one of the metaphors that they use for evil is the obsession, mm-hmm. all right? The deadly obsession, all right? Mm-hmm. We have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. There it is. And it is a form of being possessed, isn't it, Bradford? Yeah, the obsession that we can drink like normal people has to be smashed. There it is. So what are they talking about? What has to be smashed? It's in here. <laughs> well, it's out there too. And it's out there. It's out there. Okay. Let's Perception is exactly. Yeah. But by but 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 before we can perceive something, the external has to to manifest and materialize. Mm-hmm. So there it is. You know, gang, stop give, stop giving yourself so much credit and, and taking the blame for all this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is an inside job. We hear all these little slogans and cliches in recovery. Of course, it's an inside job. Mm-hmm. You can't do it alone, but only you alone can do it. There it is. So what do you think? 
if uh you know where where did we miss the boat man i know where i missed the boat in early recovery i didn't get the memo man that there was uh, something evil uh in my presence and i need to be uh alert and sober of mind before the devil crawls around like a uh, a predator looking for a uh, soul to devour i didn't get the memo did you mm, nope mm -hmm. it says stop listening to pink floyd and start listening to the beatles how interesting. You know what you're talking about, Bradford? The lunatic is in... No, no you know what you're talking about? Even something as simple as music. Mm -hmm. when, when we open ourselves up to various forms of music, we're opening ourselves up to a vibration. Correct? Right. And, and is it possible that, that a God, a loving God of our understanding is a good vibration? Mm -hmm. And and evil is a bad vibration. Possibility. And do these vibrations come from within or from the external? They come from the external. There it is. Yeah. So there it is. You know, evil, <laughs> just like alcohol, it's out there waiting. Is is cunning, <laughs> baffling, and powerful. Mm -hmm. Evil is the subtle foe. Evil does not want to be mm -hmm. discovered and disclosed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Evil does not want you to blame evil. But today, Bradford, we can mm. we can look at evil for what it is, right? Right. And and like I said, gang, it's so easy for Bradford and me to go back and say, oh, if only I would have done this or that. Let's keep no. it simple, okay? Stay in the day. Stay in the present moment. And, and, and now, more than ever, my friend, I and hopefully Bradford and, and you have one more compelling and overwhelming reason to try to stay sober. And, and healthy in mind, mm -hmm. body, and spirit today is to be on our toes and to watch out for evil. Right. To be kept from temptation and delivered from evil. There it is. And it's so simple. <laughs> we chant it all the time in the, in the Lord's Prayer, but we never, we never really get down to the core meaning of it. And, uh, and by the way, the best way to stay out of temptation and be delivered from the jaws of evil is to pay a little attention to another person who's possessed, right? Mm. There it is. Remember the shadow? You better believe but it. But evil lurks in the hearts of men. We're going to be right the back. Shadow, with, we're going to be back with Bradford A. wrapping up our hour of talking about evil that so many of us encounter in the earliest moments of, of recovery. Mm -hmm. Open our minds to it. Gotcha. We'll be right back with Bradford A. I'm Toby C. It's called The Fourth Dimension. message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com. Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong, in the fourth dimension with Toby C. Hey, just like every show, I'm here to tell you, Bradford and I are not talking about we're not talking about the sin, okay? We're not talking about the, the bad things that we do, okay? And our bad behavior. We are good people that just do bad things. I mean, come on, man. 
like I say, you know, most every show, we're not here to talk about Adam and Eve or the apple. We're here to talk about the snake. We're here to talk about the snake. The snakes sn- that can talk. The snakes <laughs> that can talk. The snakes that, that bait the trap that we spring when we open ourselves up to evil. When we stop, when we stop looking toward the light and we start looking toward the darkness, darkness comes to us. Mm-hmm. And trust me, in early recovery, oh man, did 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 was there darkness in me, man. I mean, you know, give mm-hmm. us your memory, Bradford, for this final segment, what it was like in early recovery in the darkness and, and maybe the possible presence of evil that discouraged you from getting better and wanted to keep you in, in endless agony and suffering. I would say DUIs were a definite factor. <laughs> and when it finally got to the point where I was going to face three years in jail or something, that was about the time when I said, I better do something about this. <laughs> Hold that thought. These DUIs were a constant reminder that there was something wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. I was trying to escape from something. <laughs> Kept following you around. I would always get there, but never get back. <laughs> I was always on the way back. <laughs> hey, Bradford. Mm-hmm. What exactly were you trying to escape from? Trying to escape from the situation I was in and the evil, I guess, that was around me. And I was going to a place that I thought was a safe haven. And I would realize somewhere when I was there that... This isn't where I want to be either, you know. I, I got it. Because it's inside me. I, I got it. Wherever I, got it. I go, I, it I, went. I, I got me. it. I got it. But you're yeah. trying to escape evil and move towards something good. Yes. Period. Yeah. All right. Right. Or and, at least and, get and, some and, relief. And, and, and relief. Yeah. And and yeah, you felt evil inside you, and that's. But there was evil outside you too. There was the external. You wanted to move away from evil. Right. Uh, externally, internally, whatever it was and move toward good, externally or internally, whatever it was. Right. And something, something kept happening. It wasn't bad luck. It wasn't bad karma. It wasn't bad decisions, Bradford. It was the same thought, though. But but something kept whispering in your ear, okay? It was an external stimulus. It's something you saw. It's something you heard, okay? And what this something you saw and something you heard created self-talk, okay? It was a message, mm. okay? And the message you kept playing in your head was this this thing between your ears, okay? And I mm. get it. But before you started to develop a message, it happened externally, Bradford, okay? Mm-hmm. And it happened in early recovery, Bradford. Mm-hmm. Describe your memories of early recovery and the external messages that you're getting, and they weren't a good message, were they, Bradford? No. Describe it. It's hard to describe. <laughs> Thank you. And when I say you were running from something, you didn't know what you were running from at no. the time, did you? I just knew when I got there that it wasn't what I was looking for. Right. But then that's fine. It, okay? did, it wasn't going to help me. Okay. But whatever you were running from, you weren't running from yourself. No. You were running from something external, okay? Yeah. And let's be clear of this. And and by the way, just because we're running from something bad does not necessarily mean we end up in a someplace good. No. Sometimes when we run from something bad and we're still full of fear mm-hmm. and low self-esteem and all the other uh, ingredients of right. evil, mm-hmm. okay, we end up sometimes in even a worse place, don't we? Yeah. I ended up talking a lot of AA stuff and getting drunk there and... Oh, man. And then I, turning around and leaving drunk. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, almost in a blackout Thank state. Thank you. 
Thank you. Have you ever heard of having a head full of AA and a belly full of That's booze? That's exactly what it was. Exactly. And you can rant on forever about what, right. how you could fix things or things could get happen that change yeah. things. And, you know, it's right. Right. So is such this, a bull. It was <laughs> bull. And don't call it bull. Call it evil, okay? All right. All right. You know, there was something uh, uh, that just wasn't giving us a good message. There was something that, you know, him or her or the things that people said or the things that they did or mm -hmm. the things that they shared or the way they looked. There was something external, man. It, it was a bad message. Mm. You know, and even when we get to recovery, where the solution is, where we can find a God of our understanding, right? We, you know, we had on we had had on spiritual beer goggles, didn't we? <laughs> couldn't see it, could we, Bradford? No. You know, we couldn't watch our mouths sometimes either. So, <laughs> so if if a struggling newcomer is listening to you and me, all right? Right. And, and we know now that, you know, don't give ourselves so much credit in terms of blaming ourselves for all the wrong things that happen, okay? Yeah. That was, yeah. You know? Okay. Um, the takeaway, I guess, is things could have worked out a lot better for you in early recovery if you had somehow opened yourself up to faith mm -hmm. and to God. Right. And you didn't. Didn't. Something kept you from opening yourself mm -hmm. up to there faith and right God, and it was evil, man, mm -hmm. and and it possessed you, and and it kept telling you, "This is bull. Mm -hmm. You don't want this. You want that." Mm -hmm. They call it the Great Illusion, Chapter mm -hmm. Three. More about alcoholism, right? right? You know, we are men who have who who are like we are like men who have lost their legs. They never mm -hmm. grow new ones. That's right. But you thought you could grow a new one, didn't you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I thought you could drink like anyone. Yeah, yeah. The great and illusion. Be in control. <laughs> the great illusion. That's it. And would you say you were distracted too, in uh, in early recovery? Yeah, I would say I was unhappy with my life basically, mm -hmm. because I wasn't achieving the things that I even went to school for. Never used it. But you didn't get mm -hmm. the memo that that. That, That's the that, way that you didn't get the memo or didn't mm -hmm. sink in that that no human power could relieve your suffering, did exactly you? Exactly right. You always thought that it or she <laughs> That's right. could yeah. could could bring you some happiness, some A sense fantasy of, land, of right? purpose to mm -hmm. make you happily and usefully whole, but mm -hmm. it didn't work out, did it? Nope. All right. Listen, we're just wrapping up two hours here for with Bradford A. And our show is about evil. And we touched on the fact that Bradford, like like me and like so many of us, we got a bad message uh, in in our our childhood development, mm -hmm. and we kept playing that bad message. And the bad message was a vibration that came externally, visually and audioly. Mm -hmm. And um, and when we tried to change that tune, the bad message kept playing, right? Yeah, we needed an audio. We needed a conception of God. We needed an equalizer. We needed to run all this uh, through an equalizer and, and filter out the evil. But you can't filter out evil if you don't, if you're not aware of the existence and the presence of, uh, of things that just want to sabotage our, our happiness. Right. Bradford, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Toby C. This is our show called The Fourth Dimension. And we talked about evil, satanic, demonic resistance that many of us encounter during our earliest attempts to get better and recover. So thank you. God bless. And until next time, um, stay out of hell. <laughs> Take care.
If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.